1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 63 of Internet Marketing. This today's, uh, or even this week's episode, News and Tools. On the day um, after the evening when the uh, Digital Economy Bill um, had its third reading, but we'll talk about that later, um, I have with me in the laboratory, Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello. And Mr. Daniel Rowles. Hello. And we have a suite of things to talk about today. Um, Kelvin, iStock Photos.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to kick off by a bit of a happy birthday, really, for iStock Photos, um, If you've not come across them before, they're a great resource of images. You can buy royalty-free images where you pay a small amount per image and get some really nice stock imagery. So great for if you're building a website. They've been around for 10 years and they're doing really well. So just a happy birthday to those guys. And if you've not come across them before, um, go and check
3: them out. Yeah, it's a a great site. I was using it only this morning. So if you've ever seen one of my presentations, you've almost certainly seen some pictures from my stock photo.
1: What's this about uh, the Twitter Chirp Development Conference?
2: Yeah, um, there was a lot of big expectation around um, the South by Southwest um, Interactive Festival um, a couple of weeks ago, where there was a keynote from um, Ev, the guy behind, one of the main guys behind Twitter, where they were. An- it was anticipated that they would announce how they were going to monetise Twitter, you know, some big advertising network that they were going to do um unfortunately that wasn't announced at south by southwest and now the um, expectation is that come the 14th and 15th of april where um, twitter are getting all their external developers together at a conference called chirp that they're going to announce how they're doing it there so it's very likely that this twitter advertising platform is going to be a bit like google adsense i'm sorry adwords rather than adsense whereby people can bid on search keywords and then appear their adverts there um a little bit underwhelming, it sounds like it's going to be if it's only on Twitter search rather than actually in Twitter feeds itself. But that's the way it's looking like shaping up for that one.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? Because everyone's been saying, you know, Twitter have no sort of uh, monetization model. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Will they still be here? Yeah. That rhymes, doesn't it? I'm a poet well, one the, know it?
3: One of the complications with it as well is that if it's only on Twitter search, or even if it's not, even if it's throughout the Twitter website, yeah. most people accessing Twitter aren't doing it through Twitter. So potentially... Mm. I'm going to I'm interested to see what they're going to come out yeah,
2: with. Yeah, I I assume and this is why I'm I suppose they're launching it at the developer conferences that people who have these kind of Twitter um clients mm. can do some kind of revenue share or something like that a bit like Google AdSense. So if someone's using your Twitter client so I use 12 and Tweetdeck, if I'm using that Tweetdeck and 12 get a percentage of the clicks that go Yeah, there. That That's the sense. way it probably probably be there. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out as well.
1: Now, what's the shocking news about uh, Google's market share? Slipping yeah, a wee um, bit, it's um, some
2: Hitwise um, data um, from March that's just come out recently this week, um, looking at the US market share. So, this isn't in the, um, in the UK where Google have an even bigger share, or in Australia and all the countries around Europe where they do even better. But in the States, it's the fourth consecutive month where Hitwise's data is showing that Twitter, I'm sorry, that Google is decreasing in traffic. So um, their highest ever was um, December last year, where they had 72%, and it's gone down by differing amounts, but now in March it's down to 70%.
1: Who are they losing to?
2: Um, well, in this month it's um, Yahoo and Ask that have picked up. Interestingly, with Yahoo you know, pretty much dead to the world in terms of their search, um, search results disappearing and becoming the same as Bing's, um, but it's worth stating still that they've still got more than Yahoo, um, Bing, and Ask put together, and doubled. So that's Absolutely. kind of the, the market yeah. share that they've got there. But it's interesting because we always just assume Google are always getting better and better when actually it seems like they might not be doing quite so well over the last couple of months.
3: I mean, interestingly, that Yahoo have been running a massive advertising campaign at the moment as well. So there's a, probably all that above-the-line advertising is mm. probably having an impact on the amount of traffic that's going through to Yahoo. Mm. And I wonder if that will be a temporary thing or an ongoing thing. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that you can now, uh, in Yahoo, put your twitter feed Mm. and you can put your facebook profile information on Mm. the front page of yahoo so it's becoming much more of a portal like it used to be again as well um when the transition to bing happens in Mm. terms of search results it'll be interesting as well but they've been very keen to push the fact that they're not moving out of search but i'm yet to see any evidence that way so we'll have to see what happens
2: yeah so interesting but i mean it's worth assuming that we always just like google are going to be big forever and they're you know going to take over the rest of the world but it you know that could very well change so yeah interesting stats there. Fascinating stuff.
1: Um, Port Twitcher.
2: Yeah, this is one of the tools I wanted. To Sorry, Kelvin, they're yeah. all yours, aren't they? Sorry Well, we'll, we'll yeah, no, no, I'd, minute, I'd, I'd put mine on the list first, and you know. <laughs> but no, this is called Port Twitcher, um, which is a horrible name, but I'll spell it out for you. It's P O R T W I T U R E dot com. So that's P O R T W I T U R E dot com. And Twitcher. Yes, yes. Mm, so okay. it's kind of a It's portraiture. With Twitter, oh, it. okay, is right. what they're cool. trying to get out of there, and it's you know not the most useful tool in the world, but it's kind of quite a nice fun thing to do. Where you go to their site, it's been around for a while, but I only discovered it um, over the last week. You type in your Twitter username, it um, takes the like a tag cloud of the words you've tweeted about most frequently, mm. and then takes those words, searches Flickr for images tagged with those words, and then presents a kind of collage of um what you're tweeting about visually. So it's quite an interesting way to okay. And it's a bit it's a bit kind of um what's the word? You know, impressionistic and kind of artistic. You know, it's not yeah. when you see it you don't always immediately know why that's been triggered. But it's kind of quite an interesting way of visualising what people are talking about. Particularly if you're the kind of person who um you're not a kind of a writing person, you're a visual person. Mm. You know, it's an interesting way to think about how people use use Twitter differently there.
1: Very much like the human mind. Yes. You come up with an idea and you sort of your mind dredges up pictures from the past to go with it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're going for there. It's kind of illustrating that mm. you know words are one way of looking at things, but images are quite a, a different and sometimes better way of understanding things.
1: So, so how does it present itself on the web then?
2: Um, so basically, it's a you go to the you go to the page. It's got a kind of great big Google-style text in, in input box. You type in your username, and it comes back with a kind of grid of images. styled quite nicely in a web 2.0 way so yeah it's a pretty you know it's not a site that's going to change your life but it's kind of if you've got a you know you need a 10 minute break from the bit of work you're doing and you want to have a bit of a play about with it well worth having a look at
1: now i know we've talked about iStock photos right at the start what's this about stock exchange
2: yeah um i mean i've been doing quite a lot of presentations um and putting together some in fact i've been putting together one i'm doing for smx london advanced in um in um it's the first know, second week of may um but i've been putting together lots of presentations recently and iStock's stock's great and they've got some great pictures there but sometimes if you're producing lots of these it can get quite expensive um so normally i've traditionally used um creative commons so you can search Flickr for Images you're allowed to use as long as you provide credit. Mm-hmm. And you can get to that at search.creativecommons.org. Um, but there's another website that I used years and years ago, and it's suddenly come back up on my radar again, and it's called Stock Exchange. And it's got a horrible URL, uh, which is sxc.hu.
1: sxc.hu.
2: Yep. And basically that's like iStock um, in terms of you can search for images, it'll come back, but you don't pay anything for any of them. Okay. Um, and they're really high quality. You don't get the choice... That you do on iStock and with iStock you can kind of put in any word and it'll bring up something whereas this tends to be not quite so well indexed but yeah well worth checking out
1: fantastic dan was it dan a video from google text
3: yeah yeah absolutely um i was talking to somebody at google who shall remain slightly anonymous for now um who were talking about youtube and something's changed in youtube and if you noticed this but you can now get subtitles on the videos and how they're doing this is that they've got voice recognition looking at the videos, working out what the words are and putting subtitles on them. So a couple of things. First of all, it's great from an accessibility point of view because it means that you know, anybody can access mm. the videos and to even
2: if you're get... in an office and you don't want you know you because i do that a lot where i watch youtube videos and actually turn the sound down and actually if i mm. could turn it down completely and just watch it without the sound yeah. sometimes that can work all oh, well. right
1: so let me get this right so when you're watching a, a, a google video uh, if you want you can get subtitles which have been automatically generated from speech recognition is that yes, right
3: exactly okay now that's great it gets it wrong a lot which is mm. quite funny I'm um, just so checking it <laughs> out. But yeah, it's U2, i see yeah, quite a lot. Exactly. Where they, where they're talking about YouTube, but they put the band name in there. Yeah, and, okay. uh, but what's interesting, uh, the, 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 the kind of word from Google was that, well, what must be nice about this is that you've suddenly got text associated with videos. And one of the problems with videos from an SEO point of view, from a search optimization point of view, is that essentially there was no way of Google working out really what the video was about unless you tagged it appropriately and had a description and those kind of things. So suddenly... Google has got access to the content of videos to go in with a search index. And I asked the question, look, well, this will be going into the general search index. Mm. And the answer was yes, but in time. So certainly look out for that. And it's going to make, uh, relevant video mm. results come up a lot more mm. and, and google have been quite focused on bringing up youtube mm. results on the front page anyway
2: yeah and if you're concerned about the kind of voice recognition side of things you can actually go in in youtube can't you and put in the text manually so if you've taken the time to get it transcribed or outsource someone exactly. to transcribe it which you know really is something we ought to be doing with the podcast here as well but hmm. it's one of those things where everyone knows you ought to do it but it's sometimes hard to actually find the time to do it but if you do that in your youtube videos it'll get exactly what the right words are. So worth considering that if you're not too confident in the, you know, the, the okay. automatic version. So
1: if, basically if you're using videos as, um, see, I'm going to clean my throat. <clears> throat. I sound very strange this morning, don't I? Um, if you're using videos um, mm-hmm. as, as as part of your marketing, I would imagine it's very important from this point forward to speak very clearly in a perfect sort of English BBC pronounced accent so that the voice recognition can get it absolutely right and don't use any big, long, complicated words.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it prefers an American accent, so maybe we can try a podcast sometime well, well, in the future where we'll try different
3: accents. If you're English, and just, just you're...
1: sing, because we always sing in an American accent, even <laughs> if we're English.
3: Yeah, my Mac doesn't recognise me unless I speak in an American accent. <laughs> um, actually, just to, before we move on to the next thing, uh, Kelvin, you mentioned
1: something quite in- interesting. Was mm-hmm. it you, Kelvin? Oh, sorry, I get mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we look so similar. <laughs> it looks <laughs> so, so similar when you half blur your eyes. Um... Yeah, you, you mentioned about uh, typing text in manually. I think it was actually Dan that mentioned that, wasn't it? Uh, you can manually type it. I mean, you can text.
2: add the closed captions to... Um, I've never played with co-
1: closed captions. How mm. do they work?
2: Well, I, I mean, I'm not an expert in it by any stretch of the imagination. I've just been doing some research on video SEO over the last couple mm. of weeks, and one of the tips that... So, in fact, if you're interested in video SEO, there's this website called Real SEO, so R-E-E-L SEO.com. Oh, wow. Um, and it's a website dedicated to just video SEO, and it's amazingly good and they've got some guys to close captions there and what they recommend is just doing it anyway so basically it's kind of like a text input field that you would use and it's kind of okay you i don't know quite how is this something you
1: do once the video has been uploaded to youtube yeah yeah.
2: okay i'm with you um so i don't what i don't know is because this um thing that dan's talking about is a relatively new I've, i've seen it mentioned but it's relatively new this kind of automated transcription that they're doing so what I don't know is if you've had it automatically transcribed if you can then go in and edit it because that would be the best way of doing Mm -hmm. it is rather than um, getting someone to transcribe your video you get someone to check a transcription because that's going to be a lot quicker isn't it you know then time is you know money for everybody really so yeah
1: Daniel viral heat i have to say this does sound like some blue movie
2: (laughs) yeah that's what dan Dan wants to reveal his (laughs) new career (laughs) exactly i've
3: shifted careers now um what it is that for a long time we have been lots of talks on social media and talking about brand monitoring all those kind of things and for a long
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Time brand monitoring tools have been very expensive. So just to explain what a brand monitoring tool is. You could put in your company name or your product name and the tools will check blogs, discussion forums. They'll look at what's going on in Twitter. And they'll just track up when that particular phrase is being mentioned. And they'll give you some sort of reporting. Now, the really clever ones would also say, is the mention positive or negative? What percentage of people are talking about it? And so on and so forth. Unfortunately, a lot of these platforms cost thousands of pounds Mm -hmm. per month. So either companies were too small to use them, or even the bigger companies, they didn't have buy-in at the level where they could commit the budget to actually spending Mm -hmm. this much money. Now, a tool I've been using recently is Viral Heat. Uh, It's ViralHeat.com. It starts at $9 a month. And it's not all-encompassing, but what it does do very well is monitor some areas of the web. And it will monitor uh, Facebook profiles, it will monitor uh, Twitter, it will monitor YouTube videos and some blogs and kind of other areas like that as well. So you put in your phrases, you set up a profile, and it will track for you, for example, who's mentioned that phrase in their tweets. But then what it also does is tell you what percentage of the mentions are negative and positive, And it will also tell you who the key tweeters are. And who's got the biggest sphere of influence. So it's really useful from an advocacy point of view. So if somebody's mentioning your company a lot, they've got a big sphere of influence, i.e. they've got lots of people following them, you probably need to engage with that person. So it's a really good starting point for actually working out who you need to influence on Twitter, who's talking about you and what's being said.
1: Sorry, can I, can I just sound very, very thick here? Mm. Just to, to all the listeners, it's always difficult for me, because I'm sitting here twiddling knobs and things. I'm always about a, a good three minutes behind the mental processes of, of all my guests. So <laughs> where, where does the viral bit... Uh, sorry, where does the... Uh, oh, it's viral heat. For some bizarre reason, I was thinking video heat. So it's no, viral, no isn't video. it?
3: Well, it does monitor YouTube, actually. So there's there a, there a video element, so we'll allow you that.
1: Viral heat, Andy, not video, get it right. Okay. Um, internet world coming up, isn't it, uh, Dan, soon?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a quick one. Thank you to all the people that came up and saw me at Technology for Marketing. Um, I did a few talks there, and lots of people came up and said, Hi, I listened to the podcast, just wanted to say hello. So, thank you for doing that. And just to let people know that I am speaking at uh, Internet World on the 29th of April as well. Uh, and I'm doing a talk on social media and social media monitoring, I think, which is about 2 30 in the afternoon or something like that. So, um, feel free to come and say hello and be really pleased to hear from me if is, you are. Is
2: Internet World one of the ones where the tickets are. Uh, free yeah, is that because yeah. I get confused as to which ones are the ones that just,
3: so yeah, well worth going along. Yeah, so, in yeah. London, yeah. Internet World, Technology for Marketing, both in London, else Court uh, And essentially, you fill in a form, they get all your details, bombard you with spam emails afterwards. Yeah. But uh, well, of course, <laughs> they don't do spam, obviously, no, or anything no. like that. But highly targeted, highly email targeted emails based on your requirements. Uh, but essentially, yeah, it's free to get in. So come and say hello if you there. would be more than happy to have a chat.
1: It's definitely a, a date for the diary there, 29th of April. That's, that's presumably all day.
3: Uh, yeah, it's all day, it's all and
1: good. the venue just again. Yeah, it's Earl's Court. Earl's Court. Um, I'm going to talk about the de- the D bill, the Digital Economy Bill, but just before I talk mm-hmm. about the Digital Economy Bill, and uh, we'll start a discussion and a debate about it. Um, are you doing another secret screencast? Yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah. We did a couple of these. These are sort of secret screencasts where they're. Video captures of some interesting things you can do that we share with the listeners. We don't want everyone to know about them, so we make them a little bit harder to get. So we're being a little bit sneaky there. So what all I ask is I will send you this month's one, um, which is on how to create a free tool to uh, monitor Yahoo Answers for questions that are relevant to your industry. Um, It's a sort of 10-minute screencast. That will save you hours if you're checking who answers regularly. So, if you want to get hold of that, um, you need to drop me an email. Um, it helps if you put secret screencast in the subject line, but don't worry too much about it because I'll do i make sure you get it, if not otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the email address to get that on is Kelvin, so that's K E L B I N dot Newman, which is N E W M A N, at sitevisibility.com. So, um, if you drop me an email, that's a Kelvin dot Newman at sitevisibility.com. And I'll send you across the secret screencast.
1: The secret password.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's no, like, secret handshake to it. You don't have to tickle my palm or anything. But there will be. But there will be one day, yeah. There will be a video (laughs) on how to do the secret IMPC, um, you know, um, handshake.
1: Okay, just in the last uh, four or five minutes, let's just quickly just update people um, on the digital economy bill. Now, this is a UK-only piece of legislation that's a bill at the moment. It's going through Parliament, had its third reading last night, which means it's not far off becoming law. Uh, When it gets royal assent, it will become law. Um, Very controversial still. Um, I was watching the BBC Parliament website a couple of nights ago at the second reading where they were debating it, and there were only about 15 MPs there.
2: Yeah, that's terrible. Um, I mean... For all you might disagree or think whatever you do about the bill, the fact that so few MPs turned up to that second reading is just...
3: Yeah, I and mean, the, the key thing for me is the, the, how clearly lobbying has played a part of this. Oh, God, yeah. And in the fact that everyone's coming out and saying, no, no, it's terrible. I hate it. The whole thing's awful. I, we wouldn't, we wouldn't vote for it, and then it comes to the vote, and they say yes, absolutely, that's marvellous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've learnt how democracy works uh, <laughs> this this week. I really have. So it had its final reading uh, yesterday. Interesting thing is that uh, again, I think there were about fifteen or so MPs actually in the House of Commons when it had its third reading, and um, I believe it's gone through. I've looked at my Twitter this morning. I didn't actually follow it on the Parliament last night, but uh, it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent certain it actually has mm. gone through. Um, not good. The main, of course, one of the main controversies about. Most of it is pretty good and pretty sensible, but one of the biggest areas of controversy is this sort of three strikes and you're out concept. Mm. So any any copyright holder um, can say, I think that the person at this IP address has been illegally downloading stuff, don't even need to prove it. You get a few letters. uh, Happens three times, allegedly, and that's it. You're off the internet, I think, for life. Mm. Not good at all. So if you're in the UK, uh, write to your MP. Um, Just Google... Digital economy bill. You can actually read it online and have a look at it. You can read about what there's a lot of stuff going on. Probably the biggest bit of news is that last night, and I think the previous night. I think that the Commons debate was one of the most Twitter followed ever and I believe there were an excess of 5000 mm. tweets about the the DE bill just last night. Yeah. And despite and nearly every one of them is saying it's bad don't do it mm. yada yada and it went through. So mm. we're all a bit cross here in the UK at the yeah. moment.
2: I mean there's two things particularly that uh, this whole situation that's been interesting to me and the first one is it's the the fact that um you know, one way that this will impact on people that people might not realize is that very likely free um, internet Wi Fi spots will probably cease to exist. Yep.
1: libraries, universities. Yep.
2: So if you're Cafes. a little cafe and you give your free Wi Fi away because it gets people to come in and buy coffee and buy tea, it's not worth the risk of being mm. banned for life and all the costs that are associated with this. Because it's not cheap if... You know, it's not just you get banned for life. If you want to challenge it, there's huge legal costs to that oh, as well. Apparently,
1: it costs to challenge it.
2: <clears throat> so, that's really bad. So, you know, there's all these things in the bill. It can be a bit overwhelming, but that's one thing that I would say that you can pay attention to. And if you think that's a bad idea, you need to kind of say something about it. And the second one is, is that... I've been really surprised, and I think this is going to be a bit of a wake-up call, because you've not been able to move on Twitter or the blogosphere this week for people criticising this bill. You know, every day there's people have been talking about it, they've come up with um, interesting tools where you can check to see if your MP was at the debate and all that kind of thing, which is all quite interesting, but it still didn't really seem to have an impact. And we always mm. assume that Twitter and social media, because we're part of it, you know, it's kind of all this big swell of public opinion... But actually, in the scheme of things, the MPs don't really care. So, mm. or seemingly aren't responding to this kind we, of thing. We movement. could see
1: MPs actually tw- on their phones, presumably looking at the, tw- the tweets. Mm. Um,
2: yeah, but th- they're the people who attended, aren't they? It's not yeah. the, the people, you know, of course, the people who attended are going to be of interest, mm. You're going to take that level of interest. It's the people who didn't turn up, who were kind of back in their constituencies, trying to fight for their, um, you know, position in Parliament that the ones that aren't interesting so it's i think it's just kind of an interesting wake-up call for the digital media community to remember that sometimes twitter can be a little bit of an echo chamber and that just it's easy to retweet something or add a twib and that says you support something but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to have an impact you still need to do the things that would work so yeah write yeah. to your mp send them a letter or you know join a community that you know go on a protest or whatever it is that's the 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 physical thing that people mm. can you know see the see the consequence of
1: dan i'll leave the final word with you i saw you were itching to say something a couple of minutes ago
3: there's just two things i mean one the onus on the account holder um, is very dubious in the fact that you are legally responsible if someone actually hacks into your account so that means you're legally responsible for your it security in your own home and all sorts of things it all gets very complicated the other thing is just this generally the issue of digital marketing in politics and if you look at the obama campaign um, and the stuff that Hillary Clinton actually did originally mm. to actually you know, drive the Obama campaign, I think it's worth a bit more of a chat, probably mm. in another episode. Because speaking to uh, an MP recently that's really driving members through a Facebook mm. group and all that kind of thing, And I don't actually agree with their, this particular person's politics, mm. but they're actually proving it's a very, very effective way of driving driving the issue. Mm. But I think Kelvin's completely right. It's easy to get noise with Twitter But actually, he's found that different channels, like Facebook, when you've Mm. actually got more engagement, it's not Mm. just talking. There's Mm. a bit more feedback. That's actually worked more.
2: I actually think in the run-up to the election, maybe we could do a podcast special about politics because there's a campaign that I'm involved with to some extent um, that a lot of social media people are getting involved in, which is about Vince Cable. It's called in in Vince Cable. Mm. Um, And it's a kind of non-party political campaign um, that is trying to get, in the event of a hung parliament, Vince Cable, the Liberal Democrat, so he's the sh- the Chancellor, the Shadow Chancellor for the third party in UK politics. If you're not familiar, so he's not in Labour, he's not in the Conservatives, which are the two major parties, suggesting that he should be the Conservative. So, uh, sorry, the the Chancellor in the event of a hung Parliament. So, yeah, I think we probably could come back to that in terms mm. of the impact social media is having on the the UK general election this year. So, and hopefully that'll be of interest to people outside the UK as well because it's going to have implications for how politics is going to work around the world.
3: It does and it has implications for things like charities, uh, NGOs and all those kind of yeah. organisations well because we tend to be very commercially focused we talk about mm. businesses but also lots of charities and lots of brands want to build mm. awareness as well so these kind of things apply to brands as well so definitely mm. worth a further talk.
1: Okay brilliant so on that um, rather political ending note we will have to leave it there um, take a good listen to um, me spieling at the end as the music plays because we have a new voice line that you can leave questions and comments on but please do keep leaving questions and comments on the web website. So it's goodbye from Kelvin. Bye-bye. Goodbye from Mr. Daniel Rails. (laughs) Goodbye. And goodbye from the Mr. Andrew White. See you next time. All the best. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe we would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273256150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.